Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Oh, I'm, I'm too busy looking at John, Jared Weaver. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Rattaloni Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1219. January 4, 2024. 47 degrees was the record high on this day just recently, 2019. And it was 32 below on this day in 1884. Hail the flashlight, King. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. The record high temperature in the United States for January was 98 degrees. It was 1954. I think it was in Texas. Uh, wouldn't you think, given all the BS we got to hear every day, that it would have been more recently than that? I'm just saying. Yeah. I know it doesn't possibly. mean anything. 98. 98. 98 and 58. 54. Four. What are you doing keeping score? I got to clean up some old business here. <laughs> Uh, John, over. for you, <laughs> yeah. Robert F. Kennedy has already withdrawn from the Democratic primary oh, process, he? and he is attempting to run as an independent. That's why there was an announcement that he'd successfully reached the threshold for ballot access in Utah, and well, so far, a, only Utah. But that's a primary, though, in March that he hit the threshold for. So does he run as an independent in a primary? Apparently. How does that work? Well, I don't want to hear from this guy again, Andrew. Uh, I'll, I'll look I mean, up. he's busy enough, for God's sake. I believe he wants to be independent together. together right? Well, I'm getting news about <laughs> RFK, and this comes to us from Master Sergeant <laughs> Jonathan Young, a.k.a. Jojo, in, uh, where is he? Jojo? Tennessee. I was listening to the podcast yesterday, and I heard RFK Jr., anti-vaxxer and conspiracist, as his descriptor, much like Rookie would be described as a food enthusiast. <laughs> as a GLer, we're taught to push back and question things. I used to think he was a little weird, too, but then I heard a two-and-a-half-hour interview with him on Joe Rogan, and this fellow linked me to that. I can listen to it. All of the weird things I thought about him were explained. This isn't an endorsement, but I thought you all should take the time and listen to the interview and see if you feel the same. Most importantly, a few people chimed in to say that he was a cook. The one thing I do know is between our current president and former president, he is way more logical and normal. So I would look into him a little more than the sound bites we normally get. He may be the best option come November, pushing back in Tennessee, Master Sergeant. Uh, I got a number of emails recommending that I look at RFK Jr. And let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to. Um, 
The the reason I'm glad he mentioned that that's how I kind of changed my tune a tad on RFK Jr. was his interview with Rogan because I heard it and I thought, okay. all right, he might be a little bit loony, but he's he's very smart. You don't think we got two loonies now? That's what I'm saying. I, I come on in, you know. And the same Andrew writes. Why not? Uh, the same Andrew Smith writes. On yesterday's show, you spent some time complaining about Tom Emmer and the rest of the Minnesota congressional Republicans endorsing Donald Trump. You you accurately pointed out that Trump opposed Tom when Tom was nominated to be Speaker of the House. The reason Tom is endorsing Trump now is due to simple, cold, cynical, and rank politics. Uh, Thank you. You didn't think I knew that? Why do you think I brought the whole damn thing up? The Iowa caucuses are Monday, January 15. The New Hampshire primary is the 23rd. The Minnesota primary is March 5th. Trump will be the Republican Party presidential nominee. Pretty much the only thing that can stop him would be an act of God. Trump will handily win the Minnesota presidential primary. He has too many supporters among the Republican base, especially in the four congressional districts held by Republicans. That's where the politics comes in. I wish this guy would tell me something I don't know. (laughs) Trump doesn't need Emmer's support, but Tom needs Trump to at least remain silent about Tom's own reelection. Trump and his hardcore supporters are more vindictive than they are loyal. These endorsements are not designed to help Trump win Minnesota. They are designed to help the congressmen's Emmer, Fishback, Stauber, and Finstead deflect endorsement and primary challenges of their own. That's why they waited until now. I'd like to think that if I was a congressman, I'd refuse to play this type of game. But if I was a congressman, I wouldn't be the number three Republican in the House within 10 years of my first election and have a viable shot at the speakership in 27 or 29. Congressman Emmer is in that position because he does play that game, pushing back from North St. Paul, Andrew Smith. Again, well, uh, thank but, you, but I've, yeah. I, I think I pretty much had a handle on that. You had it perfectly. Think how cynical that entire letter is there that you just read. I know, and he's at peace with that, apparently. Well, I Andrew, know, I, Andrew yeah. I happen to know, is deeply involved in politics. Well, okay, I know <laughs> you are, and that's what you're involved in. You're involved in a bunch of BS. And, and uh, Emmer, you have no balls. And uh, you're invited onto this show, and I'll tell you that in person. Now, he did respond to us. He sure did, Joe. And he said he'd like to come on, but he was what, busy? Washing his balls. <laughs> no, he was, on a, uh, he was on a flight yesterday, so I was in touch with both him and his communications uh, director. Uh, I mean, we need people to stop playing politics. The Republican Party needs to be completely reinvented. There isn't one. There isn't a Democratic Party but, either. Yeah, but again, exactly. but again... Joe, nobody disagrees with you, but again, it's going to come down to two options. That's what's going to happen, and we all know it. Now for something completely different. Thank God. Well, this fellow must be given. This fellow must be given his due. Richard Hussong. Now for years, for years and years and years. In fact, I want it to end. I told Reavers that yesterday. It has ended. We've played the Christmas prank rivalry. <laughs> for the last time. <laughs> for, God help us, for a long time. And it was hilarious the first five times. I don't want it played anymore. It's done. Look at me. Focus. I'm not playing it. It yeah. doesn't bother me. I, I still think it's fun. Okay. 
to the mayor and flashlight king. Hail you. you. I am writing this slow so you can read it slow. Oh, you must oh. think you're in the Air oh. Force. <laughs> I don't know why you're ripping the airport. I do it at the airport all the time. You have been had. I have listened to the Christmas prank for years now and must point out some facts to check. Other than Joe's cackle or honking, the storyline has now gotten painful. Do they live 2,500 feet or is it 2,300 feet from each other? Oh, who is splitting hairs? Oh, well, that's the whole point of this email. Uh, yeah, so let's Buckle just, up. Let, yeah. Okay. Price of extension cords. 16 gauge times 100 feet is $29 each times 2,500 feet equals $750. 14 gauge at 100 feet, 70 bucks each times 2,500 feet is $1,750. Who would pay that? Where to store said cords voltage drops and you go to a website called wiresizecalculator.net trick your neighbor 16 gauge at 2500 feet would have negative voltage of 5 volts 14 gauge at 2500 feet would have about 42 volts volts forget voltage dimmer i'm just a semi-retired 72 year old farmer with a curious but techy mind this is not meant to be mean but meaningful Rich from Heron Lake, Minnesota. So he took a cold, hard look at this prank. And he said, boy, that was an expensive prank. I don't necessarily believe that means we've been had. If that prank was that good and he pulled it off, I'd say it was worth $1,750. But hang on. My guess is they're both rural they were. Uh, I'm sure he already had that many extension cords That's hanging around. a long around. way to run. That's a half a mile to run extension cords. But I bet he already had a whole bunch of extension. How many extension cords do you have? Quite a You're few. You're in the city. You don't even need them for quite a few. Them. Right. But I couldn't run them 2,500 feet. Like to Mr. Yu's house. To... No, I could get that far, okay. but that's not 2,500 well, feet. I have it right here. This world that you imagine. Here's, here, here's what happened last night. All right. Got home. Uh, yeah. I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> now, it was wonderful, and it's entered the lore of Garage Logic. It's right up there with double flange on the joist. I think so, but bring it out in the future sometime. You don't need to do it. As... How about in like 12 months, 11 months? Typically when it does get right. dusted off in the Well, closet. what do you think of this fellow's contention? Do you think that... Do you think just given the math of the money he had to spend at one of the Fratelloni's hardware stores that that he spent too much and this couldn't possibly be true? I'm willing to overlook that due to the charm of the thought that went and into it. I've always said, even if that wasn't true, it was wonderful. It was great. And I've got news for What was this emailer's name? This man's name is Richard. Richard, I hate to <clears throat> burst your audio listening bubble, but about... Mm, 90% of radio bits that you hear are completely made up. Mm-hmm. You know, the but War we, of the Roses. But, Those are all actors. Right. But we we didn't make this No, up. that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even care if this guy, his name was Greg, by the way, and even though you called him Tom in the last episode. Whatever. This guy right. may have embellished a few things, but who gives a damn? It was funny. Well, yeah. remember this. This is the last word. Just remember this. 
trees can't really talk or dial into a radio show. <laughs> if you're going to split hairs. Mm. What does that have to do with it? We also didn't talk bury to the, the Chilean miner oh, when he left right. the trees, capsule. Trees can't dial phones. Can you hold please? Let alone go on a smoke break. <laughs> Why don't I ever hear that replayed? Oh, we've, we've, replayed, we've that. replayed it a bunch. Who's this? I, I thought that was... Can you hold please? Yeah. That is well, the new. Wait, let that be the new light rivalry. Christmas light rivalry for sure. We'll run that sucker into the ground. You bet. <laughs> See, but then we're doing a funny bit like that, and then you point out reality versus right. letting it go. Right. So it's tit for tat. I've always you know been saying? a fan of the fact that what we do here is theater of the mind. Yeah. I can picture uh, Scott from Intergrove, never afraid and always pushing back. Did some homework. All legal and above board. Did some homework on the letter writer we mentioned yesterday who I envied, Mark Anderson of Wayzata, mm-hmm. who uh, looks at Minnesota with a blissful attitude and, and rose-colored glasses. And I thought that, man, that, 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 takes, some, that takes some attitude and good for him. And what uh, Scott discovered is that uh, he's been a reliable lefty contributor to the Star Tribune. Okay. And uh, might, in fact, drive a uh, Tesla and might, in fact, uh, be quite uh, known as a uh, reliable regressive. I refuse to believe they're progressive. Okay. They're taking us backwards, <clears throat> just as the uh, climate people would take you backwards, not, not forward. Right. And uh, it, and I have just a couple, just two climate events. I'm, I, I think they have to remain uh, in the news of Garage Logic uh, throughout 2024 because it's a really important pushback in order to preserve our society. You cannot let these hysterical people win. They remember, and I've told you this till I'm blue in the face, this whole movement has nothing to do with the temperature, the environment, right. the climate. Nothing. Nothing? Zero. Mm. And uh, Jordy alerted me to uh, uh, the fact that, well, it's a fact based on the free press. I'm sorry, the free beacon, but uh, the facts seem true. The Associated Press has a foreign donor. And it wants to transform its journalists into community activists on climate change. The AP doesn't seem interested in publicizing that. <clears throat> the KR Foundation, a Danish nonprofit that seeks the rapid phase out of fossil fuels, gave the equivalent of 300 grand to the AP in December of 2022, according to the charity's annual report. Though the AP says it is committed to the highest practical, practicable, practicable degree of transparency regarding its backers, the news outlet added that the KR Foundation uh, added the KR Foundation to its list of current philanthropic supporters only this month, according to a Washington Free Beacon review of the AP website. It's the latest left-wing charity to fund the AP, which says it is read by 4 billion people each day. Philanthropies that support packing the Supreme Court, defunding the police, and other left-wing initiatives have contributed millions of dollars to the AP in recent years. 
The KR Foundation sees media outlets as prime targets to push its climate agenda. It funds media outlets to significantly influence the media narrative around climate policy. Its grant to the AP, which extends through December of 2024, this year, is to be used for the Wire Services Global Scholars Network. While the AP says it maintains editorial independence from its deep-pocketed donors, its climate reporting reflects many of the KR Foundation's core beliefs. A recent AP story about the UN's annual climate conference praised negotiators who sought a phase-out of fossil fuels in order to save a planet in peril that is dangerously warming. An article last month asked, how did humans get to the brink of crashing climate? Now, Jordy went to the website of the KR Foundation, which we have learned from this piece is a uh, Danish nonprofit. Okay. From their website. There is no other solution to the climate crisis than to change current production and consumption patterns, especially in high-income countries. Us. To enable this, we must rethink the current economic system, including its theoretical and methodological, methodologically, methodological underpinnings to create an economy that works for both the planet and translation, reduce the standard of living, especially in productive Western countries by ending capitalism. That's what this is about. This is a social movement. It has nothing to do with what the temperature happens to be. Right. What about the people coming across the border, though? I, I, I heard yesterday that that was a ball about climate change. Yeah, it, it, that was a canard. Oh. We call that a canard. I see. Yeah. Now, uh, and I won't linger on this because I, I believe every word of it. I believe there are charitable philanthropic organizations that have these uh, these nefarious uh, outcomes at, at heart. They would wish, they would wish to ruin the way things are going. Mm-hmm. We've we've been fighting it in this country. We call it the mystery. And their last gasp, it seems to me, has been the climate. Mm-hmm. It seems to me to be. They've already won in the academy. It's failed. Right. Yeah. They've take, They've <gasps> teared that. They've torn that down. There was a guy speaking of that that had the list of all of the various. Spin jobs of the Claudine Gay story. Mm-hmm. It was hysteric. I mean, you had the Times, you had Politico, and all of these d- different headlines were. It was truly comical. Let me get to Claudine Gay in a moment. Oh, I'm I, sorry, because yeah. I have an observation about her. I want to finish this climate nonsense. I, I have a piece from the Charlotte Observer that I found to be somewhat ironic. It's a uh, the Charlotte uh, newspaper that would be I would consider that conventional news gathering, uh, and they have got a piece here about polar bear polar bears hold secret to surviving frigid weathers frigid winters, and we can benefit. Study says. Okay. Well, why are we even worried about this? Right. I thought we weren't supposed to be worried about frigid winters. It turns out, though, that somebody researched it and found that textiles that mimic polar bear fur are the real answer to warding off the cold. Textiles that mimic real polar bear fur. That's right. (laughs) Okay. You got that? I I don't know why. 
Polar bears stay warm in Arctic temperatures. And not one mention of, of global warming in this piece, which I found mm. refreshing. Okay. Uh, polar bears stay warm in Arctic temperatures thanks to the unique structure of their fur, Matt, the researchers said. Each strand of polar bear fur contains tiny air pockets that trap heat and prevent that heat from escaping. The porous core is then surrounded by a dense outer shell. The scientists imitated this structure with a lightweight synthetic material called an encapsulated aragol fiber. They found that the polar bear-inspired aragol material maintains its heat-trapping properties even after being stretched, washed, and dyed. Well, what do you do with the polar bear coat? The group knitted a sweater out of the revamped aragol fiber and tested its insulation against a down jacket, a wool sweater, and a long-sleeved cotton top. Hmm. And guess what won? The polar bear, polar bear, polar bear hair one. Down jackets. I'm just going to give you a little history here because I know you like when I do that. Usually that's goose down, is it not? Feathers? Uh, let me just get to okay. this part. All right. <laughs> down jackets. Put that one down from you. Had a <laughs> down jackets had a 100-year heyday in global fashion thanks to Australian mountaineer George Finch, according to Snowshoe Magazine. You get that one? In 1922, Finch was the laughingstock of his mountaineering circle, showing up to climbs wearing strange pillowy garb made of feathers and hot air balloon fabric while his friends continued to dress in tweed. He soon silenced their taunting, however, climbing higher than anyone else had ever climbed in their, during their gatherings. Years later, Eddie Bauer created a more functional Quiltec version of Finch's invention after he nearly died of hypothermia on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State. The new warm-down jackets became extremely popular. They represent a major step forward in creating thinner winter clothing on a mass scale. According to Nature, uh, capitalized it must mean the magazine, the synthetic polar bear fur is far from ready to be mass produced. But the research team has high hopes. We are planning to improve its scalability. How? By a researcher in the study Told the outlet. Hmm. Now, do we get the name of the study? We we really don't. It's just it's just very important in conventional news gathering to always cite a study. It's to the point now where we don't even identify the study, just so there was a study. Okay. But nowhere does it mention why in the hell are we worried about cold weather? We don't have cold weather anymore. It's true. Yeah. And any type of use of the weaponry of the polar bear femur? No, no. I'm going to get to Claudine Gay after the break because I have an observation to make. Mm -hmm. Uh, But first, I want to know. I want to note that Tom and Egan writes, uh, much like you had to take people's phones and show them how to access the podcast. I feel like ripping the phone out of your hand and adding great. 
Just a minute. Minds think alike. Start over. And adding precision garage door of the Twin Cities to your contacts. That way you don't have to rummage around looking for a scrap of paper that you wrote the number down on in a mythical telephone closet. If something goes wrong with your garage door, you have it at your fingertips. Good luck and Happy New Year, Tom and Egan. And this fellow, or this gal, Kathleen, writes, I'm a fan of the podcast and listen to the episodes daily. I want to thank you for precision garage door advertising. My garage door broke, and I knew it right away. I knew right away who to call. I contacted Precision and late Saturday night. This is dated yesterday. And a very kind, knowledgeable technician was able to come out the next day, which was a Sunday morning on New Year's Eve day. And he fixed it perfectly. Hmm. All right. That, because that's what they do. Right. Now, don't put the number. Uh, Tom has got a great point. Put the number in your contacts for precision door, uh, precision garage door of the Twin Cities in Western Wisconsin. They're your new garage door guy, but you get the whole family. Got it. Put this in your contacts. Precision, right, right, precision door. Okay. Well, I'm going to enter it in my phone, though. In your contacts. So I can type it. Yeah. Got it. Uh, 612. All right. 263. Got it. 6985. All right. They serve the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. They don't charge more for weekends. They take care of everything top to bottom, side to side, even including new doors. And they're still looking for employees, particularly in the warehouse uh, uh, position, the warehouse inventory position. And they pay well, and they're great people. The people they hire tend to stay because they appreciate and compensate great work. Uh, it's precisiondoormn.com. That's precisiondoormn.com. Or go to the contacts on your phone and call Precision Door at 612-263-6985. Hey, everybody. It's John here, and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need, and you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code garagelogic50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code garagelogic50 at factormeals.com slash garagelogic50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. You know, the investment game can be awfully tricky, especially in these volatile times, and that's why you need the best, and also somebody that you can trust, and that's why I rely on Josh Arnold. We know him as Mr. Money Talk around these parts, and he's here for you. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute no-obligation consultation by dialing 952-925-5601. 
952-925-5608. Josh has been at this a long time with a track record of success, and he's here to help you. So give him a call today. No obligation. That's right. No obligation. It's absolutely free. 952-925-5608. And tell him you heard about him here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. I'm telling you right now, folks, that I have got a fantastic deal for you. It's 2024. That means we start anew. So why don't you get that dirty old carpet left over from Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Day? How about a nice, fresh start? How about a nice deal? Well, you can get three rooms, zero resified, if you tell them the Rook sent you, for $119. And you can, this month, take $75 off when you get your Air Ducts Zero Res clean. Of course, I'm talking about Zero Res. They started with Garage Logic way back when. They've been around Minnesotans. All sorts, 17,000 reviews is what they have. Poke around and find out. 4.9 rating on Google. That's fantastic. And they stand behind everything with their zero res, gotta love it guarantee. Right now, get those carpets clean. Uh, they've got all sorts of stuff, too. They can do furniture as well. But go ahead and talk to them about what they can do. I don't have enough time. I only have 5960 to get this word out. So call 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z. Go online to ZeroResMinnesota.com and tell them you want the rookie special. I've used ZeroRes. They've been in my couple of my homes, and I really want you to take advantage of this special. 119 bucks and 17 uh and uh, 75 bucks off when you get your Air Ducts Zero Res clean. Z-E-R-O-R-E-E-Z. Spelled forward or backward, it's spelled the same way, zero res. I've been saying for years until I'm blue in the face. Oh, I was blue in the face about the climate. I've also been blue in the face telling you that the academy's failed. And that never, you don't pick up that strain of thought in conventional news gathering institutions. But the Claudine Gay situation has at least, at least has the conventional news gatherers taking a look at that. But it won't be official until the New York Times reports it. Okay. But no, it's failed. And from minute one of the Claudine Gay situation, is it Claudine? Yes. Claudine Gay situation, I said the problem was she never should have been there in the first place. Will you all corroborate that? Unqualified. Yes, yes. yes you did. Well, to, yes. To, okay, but now that's official because finally the New York Times is saying that. Oh. <laughs> See, I don't count. Because I'm in flyover country. But a column, their columnist, Brett Stevens, has written exactly that. The real problem is why Gay got the Harvard job to begin with. Well, what if, with you elites in your six-block radius in lower Manhattan would listen to Garage Logic, you would have known why Claudine Gay got the job in the first place. Brett, Brett is not a liberal, though. Brett is a conservative Well, writer. by their standards. Uh, well, no, he's a, he's a conservative. Well, he's late to the party. He's late to the party. Brett, I've been saying this for two months. The reason she got the gig is the problem. She got the gig because of DEI. She has no publishing history. She has nothing. She was... Some plagi- and, light plagiarism. And they couldn't be happier. Harvard couldn't have been happier. But he writes that uh, he, he's acknowledging this. Uh, 
The point may now be moot, but the important question for Harvard was never whether Gay should step down. It was why she was brought on in the first place. No bleep. But that's why the academy's failed. The academy has eliminated the search for intelligence. The academy has eliminated meritocracy and replaced it with this oppressed versus oppressor dynamic that has nothing to do with learning nuclear fission or accounting or whatever. You can still learn that stuff, but you got to go through all this BS and still put up with it. Mm -hmm. The Academy has surrendered that, and it was not a surprise at all that Claudine Gay was president of Harvard. The shame of it and the humiliation of it was that she got to be president of Harvard. And oh, by the way. So, Brett, you ever need any help, you just give me a call. And oh, by the way, she's staying on the books. Oh, I heard that. At $900,000 a year. I don't know where that figure came from. Well, uh, I mean, if it came from Twitter, I'm uninterested in it. She's going to stay. She's going to stay at Harvard as some sort of she's, professor, presumably of a of a class that can't be graded for failure, right. because the the academy is so miserably failed. But that's by the wayside. I thought it was the Associated Press, but I'm going well. Do to. you believe the AP now that I just told you about accepting money from the Danes to enforce climate change hysteria? Come on, pay attention. What's going on? Let's keep that? sharp here. <laughs> Another email thing. And and Stevens writes, why is she there? The answer, I think, is where there used to be a pinnacle, there's now a crater. It was created when the social justice model of higher education, currently centered on diversity, equity, and equity and inclusion efforts, and heavily invested in the administrative side of the university, blew up the excellence model centered on the idea of intellectual merit and chiefly concerned with knowledge, discovery, and the free and vigorous contest of ideas. Brett, I, I love your writing. I've read you for years. You could have called me five years ago when I told you this. Yep. This is what's happened. But it's now official. See, it's okay now. They'll even they'll, Serious people will take a look at it now because the New York Times has a columnist who had the, had the great sense to at least write this. Uh, oh, well, let's see what... Uh, Oh, he thinks that the, uh, he thinks that change began in 1978 with the Bakke decision when the Supreme Court effectively greenlit affirmative action in the name of diversity. Yes, affirmative action was a mistake in my estimation. Yes. That began the downfall. Not because black students or students of color aren't talented. It was because they were assumed they weren't. It was the introduction of the soft bigotry of low expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you give me Brett's last name, please, again? Stephen, with PH. Thank you. But the problem with Bakke isn't that it allowed diversity to be a consideration in admissions decisions. It's that university administrators turned an allowance into a requirement as a kind of racial gerrymander now permeates nearly every aspect of academic life. Yes, it does. From admissions decisions to faculty appointments to the racial makeup of contributors to essay collections, if affirmative action had been administered with a lighter hand, more nudge than mandate, it might have survived the court's scrutiny last year. 
Instead, it became a pervasive regime that frequently got in the way of the university's higher goals, particularly the open exchange of ideas, which do not exist at the failed academy. Hmm. The open exchange of ideas. No, it's a dictatorship. And if you want a ray of hope, these three college president buffoons who testified before Congress, they didn't know how to handle the students claiming Israel, uh, that's ge- we, we need genocide against the Jews. They didn't know how to handle that. And I've explained to you why they didn't know how to handle that. The ray of hope is that that has opened some eyes. Here's today's ray of hope. You know, the Brett Stevens and others are saying, you mean it's this bad? You mean it's got to this point? Mm. Yes, it has. It's been getting to this point for the last 10, 20 years. Here we are. It's over. Uh, The ray of hope is now, if you're interested, if the the academy is interested, it can build itself back up, but it's going to take a long time. And it's going to take some courage, and it's going to take people not to hire Claudine Gay, but hire somebody qualified, and then face the accusations that they're doing that because of racism. Her removal from the presidency at Harvard has nothing to do with racism. Nothing. There, I wanted to get that off my chest. uh, To Chris's point, uh, prior to being named president, Gay earned $879,079 as a faculty of arts and sciences dean in 2021, but they have not announced what she will be doing back in faculty, if it's the same job or uh, what. So, yes, Chris was very close, 900000 Well, and that's outrageous, and that's why the failed academy is ridiculously expensive. Eight hundred grand, mm-hmm. eight seventy nine, nine hundred to teach courses that I submit to you could not be graded for competition yeah. or achievement. She'll probably need a pay bump given all the trauma she's been through well, in the past few months. Well. Can you imagine? Uh, all all she would have to do is threaten a lawsuit, and they probably bump her salary. Right. Uh, it's a shame, and she was humiliated, and. Uh, uh, I'm glad other people are seeing what's happened. Uh, uh, the, we, uh, little old town of Garage Logic has been onto the mystery for quite some time, and you're, we've seen it unfold in front of us mm-hmm. in a many ways. Chief among them, the climate. Chief among them, the failed academy, and uh, the whole DEI movement, which should be obliterated from American culture. It must be obliterated. There was, or a, we have no chance. I don't know who the other gentleman is, but apparently Norm Coleman and Matthew Brooks wrote a piece for Alpha citing that very thing. Why okay. DEI must go? It has to. It's yeah. it's 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 evil. It's a detrimental to your individual freedom and your ability to achieve. It's an evil doer. It's an evil doer. Evil doer. Evil doer. Okay, uh, just a minute here. Let me look at the old watch. Let's take a break and come back with John Height. (laughs) First show. Hi. I'll start over. Knievel doer. Yes. Uh, Mr. President, what would you do if you wanted a nice, clean glass of water? Who would you call? Call Hofferman. boy. Hofferman Water, an independent (laughs) water treatment dealer. Cold or hot. 
They offer sales, Medium. service, and rental options for Connecticut water treatment systems. I am a proud customer, have been for years. In fact, I love Hofferman so much. How much do you love it? Uh, I've had them in both of my homes, the previous home. You have and it on one. your ranch, sir? Yes, on Crawford. Yeah. Yes. You drink a lot of water when you clear they, brush. They bring it to you. Yes. Yes. You don't have to go get it from them. systematically. Uh, so here's the deal. Get on the schedule right now. 952-894-4040. Call them and schedule that free water analysis and have them come out to your home. You can also visit their website, HoffermanWater.com. Like I said, I've been a customer for years. It's made an amazing difference in the quality of my water, and I know that it will do the same for you and your family. Get on that schedule today. Visit HoffermanWater.com, and please tell them that you heard about them here on the garage. Did I have podcast. those pumps? Remember way back, Little House on the Prairie had yes. to pump the water. We might it's be able to get you set up with one of those, old sir. Old school, yes. yes. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Hanging here over me. Caught up in love and money. To you? Here's the way it's supposed to be. I'm going to tell you the way it's supposed to be. Freemasonry. Call me now. What do you know? You probably don't know much. Freemasonry is the world's first and largest fraternal organization, a brotherhood of like-minded men who genuinely care about each other and is based on the belief that everyone has a responsibility to help make the world a better place. Pretty simple, right? Through its culture of philanthropy, they make a profound difference for brothers, their families, their communities, and our future. Freemasons find satisfaction in part of being a centuries-old fraternity whose traditions, core values, are important for our society today and will endure for centuries to come because they're pure. There's over 7,000 Masons in Minnesota in over 100 lodges throughout the state. Why am I telling you this? Because they want to get the word out. They're business owners, doctors, lawyers, teachers, parents, grandparents, guided by faith and principles we all believe in, working together to make a difference. Basically, they're garage logicians. If you want to learn more about Freemasonry in Minnesota, go to mnfreemasons.org. That's mnfreemasons.org. Here's John Hyde in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. This news update brought to you by North American Banking Company. A federal judge yesterday cleared the path for the city of Minneapolis to evict the people living in a high-profile encampment. Uh, this means it's scheduled for today, and it appears to be happening on Twitter. Uh, all I'm seeing is a lot of video with a lot of police cars in the area, but it means the city can clear out Camp Nanukasi. Where the remaining residents go next is unknown. About 150 people call the homeless encampment. Uh, home, Hennepin County's dashboard notes they have 54 open shelter beds, so they appear to be short of space for about 100 of the camp's residents. Almost all of the ab- available space is only available for one night. Uh, I'm so, monitoring it, Johnny, v- yes, via mm-hmm. the Sahan Journal's reporter. I believe her name is Caitlin View. And it's saying police presence is still here, but they're giving camp occupants and organizers time to relocate. Well, doesn't that just mean then that they're going to go somewhere else and set up oh, shop? I believe a camp is already underway, not far away from this camp. But they have had, I mean, this is it's a sad situation. Um, some of them are down on their luck. Some of them are there by choice. But they're, they've been given ample time 
to find something. I can't believe that Minnesota has run out of charitable sources, or is it because they don't want to follow the rules at that's, these charitable sources and is. want to live their own lifestyle? Then I'd have less sympathy for them. Uh, Police Chief Brian O'Hara is on the scene talking to, what would you call it, who would be a leader of a homeless encampment? Organizer? Director. An organizer. Is that a paid position? I I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. It just, on the news though, it just looks like a a real serious mess. Yeah. It just, it's a lot of... It is a serious mess. It doesn't look like it. It is. Okay. It's unsightly, isn't it, Joe? It's unhealthy. That's what I say. In other news, authorities say a felon celebrating the new year by drinking and shooting an AR-15 rifle into the air led to the shooting of an 11-year-old Minneapolis girl who was inside her home. All this was a New Year's celebration. Two days after the shooting, Minneapolis Police Chief Brian O'Hara held a press conference yesterday to announce an arrest and call the shooting a case of what he said was absolutely reckless celebratory behavior. Lanera Wilson is awaiting surgery to remove a bullet fragment from her face. Police say that Wilson was in her bedroom when she was hit in the face by a stray bullet just minutes into the new year. James William Turner of Fridley has been arrested in connection to the shooting. She was taken to a hospital for treatment, but her injury wasn't considered life-threatening. The chief said it's by the grace of God that Wilson was only injured and not killed. Turner, who is a convicted felon barred from carrying a firearm, was booked into the Hennepin County Jail on suspicion of first-degree assault. Did you make it to midnight on New Year's Eve? I did not. Okay. I did. I did, but, too. Yeah. I did, too. And you remember it. 1202, then I was all cold. I just, this, okay, great. <laughs> Why are you Home asking bit. me that? I think that's a sensical question around New Year's Eve. I just want to see if you made it. Oh, you were, the uh, tr- you were triggered by the shooting at midnight. Yes, New Year's Eve. Yeah. Cel- what was your celebration? Mm. I didn't, I didn't wanna, shoot I didn't anything. want to pry. I didn't shoot anything. Okay, and you're not a convicted felon. No. Convicted. As far as you know. Right. Home builders wrapped up the year with good news in Minnesota. <laughs> Housing First Minnesota reporting Metro builders pulled permits for 401 single-family homes in December. That's a 51% increase from the December before. Art Pratt is the president of construction operations for Pratt Homes. He told our friends at Five Eyewitness News, the year ended fairly strong. We're seeing things return to what I would like to call normal. Pratt Homes has been building villas in Woodbury, which had the biggest number of permits issued in December. Rosemount saw the second highest number of permits, and that was followed by the city of Blaine. Pioneer Press reporting Minnesota's Capitol building was one of several across the U.S. targeted by bomb threats Wednesday morning, according to a spokesman with the State Patrol. About 9 in the morning, State Patrol Capitol Security learned of an e-mail bomb threat to the Capitol and locked it down so officers could search the building, according to Lieutenant Jill Frankfurth. The threat disrupted activities at the building, including a hearing of the Minnesota Supreme Court. Minnesota's Capitol building wasn't the only one affected by threats. Connecticut, Georgia, Kentucky, Michigan, Mississippi, and Montana also evacuated office buildings Wednesday, noting threats came from a spate of false reports of shootings at the homes of public officials in recent days. Troopers, security officers, and an explosives-detecting dog did multiple searches of our capital between 9.30 and 10.15 in the morning. They did not find anything suspicious. Minnesota's Bureau of Criminal Apprehension is in contact with federal authorities and officials in other states investigating all those threats. 
Science Museum of Minnesota announcing yesterday it's received a $6.5 million donation. That would be the largest philanthropic gift in its 117-year history. It came from the estate of a long-standing donor. William D. Wells, a globetrotting pioneer in combining the disciplines of psychology, marketing, and research for major consumer brands, wrote more than 60 books and academic papers before retiring as a professor of advertising from the U of M School of Journalism and Mass Communication. He died in September 2020, leaving behind a sizable estate that has allowed him to continue to encourage others to explore the intersections of scientific research, media, and general education. In 2021, Twin Cities Public Television got a $9 million gift from the Wells estate, and uh, now Wells has uh, given the $6.5 million to the Science Museum, which is located on Kellogg Boulevard, overlooking the St. Paul. What was his River. first name? William, I believe. Right. Okay. Bill William. Wells. Now, why have I not I'm trying to heard him that. of him or yeah. known him? The Wells I, Foundation? Yeah. 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 Now, he would have uh, made a good president of Harvard. He would be the type. I mean, he's... There you go. Yeah. 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 Uh, why don't we take a break here, and uh, when we come back, there has been another school shooting today, and uh, we'll give you all the up-to-date oh, details on that. It's time to play Love and a Hardware Store. You know, you can mess around and go to a hardware store and look around for parts for your heating unit, your cooling unit, your air purification system, but why would you waste the time? Why wouldn't you go with welterheating.com, Ray and Welter, 100 years of experience, plus four generations. They've got all the answers. They've got all the parts. They've got certified techs that will come out to your home. Emergency service. Hopefully, you don't have to use it. Hopefully, you're smart enough to make sure that your heating unit, furnace, whatever you have, is working properly before it conks out. That can be pretty pricey. So make sure it's serviced regularly. And have it serviced by one of those certified techs that are right over there in Minneapolis, 612-825-6867. Answered by a human being, and then they'll tell you where they need to send your call. If you want to make an appointment, you can do it online as well. But why not give them a call? Check out their website, welterheating.com. Click on the blog to see free answers as to if you have a problem, it might be a quick, easy fix. 612-825-6867. The name Welter's been around for over a century and will continue in this town. Heat up your shelter with Ray and Welter. Thank you, Rook. Uh, in more news, uh, there has been a school shooting. It was in Iowa. The suspect in the shooting at Perry High School has died of what investigators believe is a self-inflicted gunshot wound, according to a law enforcement official. Multiple people were shot at the school this morning. The school's about 20 minutes, or started, the shooting, excuse me, happened about 20 minutes before school started. Heavy police and medical presence was seen at the high school about 40 miles northwest of downtown Des Moines. FBI agents from the Omaha Des Moines office are helping out with the investigation. Parents started arriving about 8.50 to find their kids. City spokesperson Chris Cohia said the elementary school nearby was locked down. All students there are being kept in the rooms. Uh, Perry has a population of about 8,000 residents. The high school is part of the 1,785-student Perry Community School District. Uh, no other word on uh, the condition of the people who were shot or how many were wounded. It's believed the only person killed in this was the shooter, who, as we said, took 
his or her own life. Are kids back in school following the Christmas break? Yes. Yes, they are. Hmm. Um, I don't know if St. Paul is yet. I didn't see They might any, be on Monday. I didn't see any evidence of it today. No, I think they're on Monday. They're still off? They went out on the 23rd or 22nd. So did my kids. I don't know. Hmm. No wonder they can't read it. Great. Well, your kids are in like a one-room schoolhouse out there, right? <laughs> right. In the rural yes. country. Ma and Pi Ingalls right. going to drop them off. Miss Beetle. The, uh... Hey, uh, before I continue with news, the music we're playing today, uh, PK Mayo, Paul Mayasich, uh, he plays locally a lot. Go see him. He's yeah. very good. Yeah. He's very good. I the, the further further the further I'm digging into his library, the more I'm becoming a fan. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's he's uh, he's a very good artist, very good guitar player and singer. From the Wall Street Journal, Russia is planning to buy short-range ballistic missiles from Iran, a step that would enhance Moscow's ability to target Ukraine's infrastructure at a critical moment in the conflict. Moscow's plans have provoked a deep concern within the Biden administration. Come as support wanes in. Congress for continued U.S. military assistance. Delivery of the Iranian missiles could happen as soon as this spring if the purchase proceeds. Uh, U.S. officials say they don't think, though, the deal has yet been completed. The Iranian missiles would add to Moscow's recent acquisitions. Democrats on the House Oversight Committee releasing a 156-page report this morning accusing former President Trump of exploiting the presidency to financially benefit himself and members of his family. He wouldn't Trump's- do that. Trump's businesses, according to the report, received at least uh, $7.8 million from authoritarian governments, including China, Saudi Arabia, and Qatar. The report is the culmination of a nearly seven-year investigation. It says records and documents obtained by House Oversight Democrats reveal what they call a stunning web of millions of dollars in payments made by formal uh, governments and their agents directly to Trump owned businesses while Trump is in the White House. These new details into the former president's finances come as House Republicans continue their own impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden and his family's finances. GOP investigators alleging the president financially benefited from his family's foreign business dealings. Documents that include the names of more than 100 people connected to Jeffrey Epstein, including business associates and accusers, among others, were made public last night. Some folks who were expecting any bombshells were a bit disappointed. Yes, the documents do contain some familiar names, including those of former presidents Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. Neither are accused of any wrongdoing. More than 900 pages of mostly unredacted documents were released. Much of the information has been previously reported. Many of those whose names are mentioned are not accused of any wrongdoing. Okay, among them is Stephen Hawking. Uh, that puzzles me. I don't get it. That one puzzles me. You know, I, you know, maybe, uh, he just yeah. reads it for the articles? Is I that guess what you're he, saying? I guess he was there. To, I don't know what. That's an unsavory crowd uh, that uh, yeah. Jeff hung around with. There is one account that has the power rankings. So of all the, the documents being released, the, the the number of times a name is given. Yes. So you know your Wild Bill's on there, right. Dershowitz right. is on there, things like that. I thought Al Gore. that's a lot of work just to get a few clicks, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> really good. with fangs that could pierce yeah. a human fingernail. Hey now, the largest male specimen of the world's most venomous spider has Ooh. found a new home Ooh. at the Australian Reptile Park. Well, Figures it'd be Australia where everything there will kill you. Mm-hmm. It's a funnel web spider that they've named Hercules. It was found on the central coast, 50 miles north 
of Sydney. Spider experts from the nearby park retrieved it and soon realized it was the biggest male specimen ever received from the public in Australia. The spider is 3.1 inches from foot to foot. So that's... That, that's, that's a big spider. Yeah, a and big it can spider. bite through a fingernail? Ooh. It can, yes. See uh, you. Sydney Funnelweb uh, spiders usually range about half the size of this one, who they named Hercules, with females being generally larger than their male counterparts, but not as deadly. They're mostly in forested areas, and I don't like this, suburban gardens. It's like to be working in your garden and find that... See uh, Hercules coming, crawling towards yeah. you. Now, Hercules oh, will... Splat! He will serve a good purpose here. He's contributing to the Republic Parks, uh, Reptile Parks, excuse me, anti-venom program. Safely captured spiders handed in by the public undergo milking to extract venom essential for producing life-saving anti-venom. So if if, if this spider bites you, you need an antidote. You need a uh, bambulance. Yeah. 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 You, you need just, a bambulance. You need the serum. Yeah. That's you need correct. ointment. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Hans is a member of the Garage Logic Town Council. Uh-oh. Subject line Stephen Hawking. It truly does remain undefeated. It really does. Right. No matter you what. fight your way there. Right. And, <laughs> you know. Hey, where's the party? Let's go here. It's time to play <laughs> Hawking's here. Uh, who do we got in mind? <laughs> you know. Bring out Tina. Jeez. You want to break? Okay. Yeah. From the Wall Street Journal, your grandparents apparently were on to something when they ate those early bird dinners or suppers, whatever you want to call them. The best time to eat the evening meal Four hours before bedtime. I agree. Peak dinner time in America is 6.19 p.m., but it varies from a little after 5 p.m. to after 8 p.m., depending That's on the too part late. of the country. I hate to eat late. I'm not eating at 8 o'clock. I don't like to eat late either. Nutritionalists vary on whether uh, or when uh, dinner or supper should be served, but agree it should be at least two hours before bedtime. Most important factor here is melatonin, the hormone that signals it's time to sleep. Mm -hmm. Melatonin, which begins to rise about three hours before we go to bed, also tells the pancreas to cut back on insulin production. If you have a sugar spike after eating late, the body has a harder time regulating blood sugar. I'll see. That could put us at risk of diabetes and other metabolic disorders. For that reason, he says the ideal dinner time, three to four hours before bed. What you eat also matters. Slower digesting food like meat keeps you full longer. The uh, study says only in the last 100 years have we seen easily digestible, highly processed food. And 70% of the calories a lot of people eat now come from carbohydrates, which is not a good thing. The modern American diet makes timing your family dinners, according to this study, even more important. John, we have an update on the homeless encampment. Apparently, yes, we, now sir. Have a, we now have a fire at said homeless oh, encampment. Oh, okay. Well, I will Where see is I can, this, by the way? Uh, hold on. It's at um, 14th Avenue and... It's, it's over there. It's over there, across the Ford Bridge. Over there. It's over there. It's on the west side <laughs> of town. Which is pretty much my own reference to getting to Minneapolis, <laughs> crossing the Ford Bridge. It's down from the dome. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Lake Street every once in a while, but... Pornhub has blocked access in two more states over age verification laws. Uh, users who try to visit the site in North Carolina and Montana are now shown a video of performer Sherry DeVille and a message explaining why their states are now blocked. 
Two separate age verification laws were enacted on January 1st in South Carolina and Montana, both requiring users to confirm their age. Legislation also opens the door for individuals to sue if they believe sites were violating the new rules. Uh, Pornhub's decision to block access in the new states is part of an ongoing protest against new laws governing who can see Pornhub. Asking for a friend, is Sherry with an S or a CH? <laughs> Similar pieces of legislation which require <laughs> users of pornographic sites to verify their age through government IDs have been passed in Louisiana, Arkansas, Utah, and Mississippi. Pornhub has already cut access to its content for anyone with a Utah-based IP address over a similar law. Huh. Uh, by the way, Pornhub users, if you're wondering, spend an average of 10 minutes and 9 seconds per visit on the site. Really? Yeah, just in case you know, you're wondering. 10 minutes searching and I spend more than seconds. that on the sites I go to. Bring a trailer. Paintaboat.com. Paintaboat.com. Oh, look at this one. Brushes and brooms. International. <laughs> Buildingbridges.com. Yep. Yes. Bringatrailer.com. I love that. Oh my God. Yeah, you unload that British car. Yeah. Yeah. You're a naughty girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey. hey uh, <laughs> that was funny, Chris. Thank you. What did he say? I, I didn't catch it. That's okay. Uh, yeah. That's all right. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, pro tip police in Colorado say they caught a burglar trying to get away last weekend in Uber. Don't call an Uber. No, you can't do that. According Wait to the Wheat here, Ridge, I'll be right back. Yeah. According to the Wheat Ridge Police Department, officers responded to a report of a burglary at Blue Sky Plumbing. A 911 caller reported seeing a hole in the fence, said they had security footage of a man stealing tools. Arriving officers said they spoke to an Uber driver who they saw waiting in the area. The driver told them he was called to pick up a fella named Jose who was walking toward the car. How do you spell Jose? With an H. With an H. Yeah, it starts with an H. Officers stopped and questioned the man before he got into the Uber. He provided officers with a fake name, but they were able to find a backpack uh, on him that had more than $8,700 worth of tools inside. The he man had a boy's name that starts with the letter H. <laughs> Jose. Got it. I do That's know what? a guy, John, that this happened to. Really? A friend of mine from high school this was three or four years ago, was working for Uber, picked up a guy at MSP, uh, thought it was unusual they had to drive him. I think it was Sioux Falls, either Sioux Falls or Sioux City, I can't remember, but a lengthy drive. He said, hey, uh, I'm going to make sure I check in my hotel, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, he was surrounded by squads. He's saying, what the hell here? What's going yeah. on? Uh, this guy had a nice uh, supply of drugs in his in his compartment. Oh. The guy, he, my buddy was fine. He was questioned sure. for about 30 minutes and then sent on his way, but... Yeah, this stuff happens apparently pretty frequently. Oh. Well, if you can't afford a, a car, plan. you know. Right, not a good plan. John, thank you. You're welcome. That's just fantastic. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Yeah, Dylan. PK Mayo today. PK. Only. Yeah. Because they come to us 
all the way from Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. That's where we are today. From the Traveling Limans. Yep. It was on this day. Joe, today is January 4th. In 1854, the Territorial Agricultural Society held its first meeting. The group evolved into the State Agricultural Society, the governing body of the state fair. Hmm. On the same day, the 5th Territorial Legislature convened in an official Capitol building for the first time. Hmm. On this day, 1-4, in 1874, the Catholic Industrial School was incorporated. The school began operation in 1877 on the shores of St. Paul's Lake Meneth. You know where I'm going here? No, Meneth. That lake was drained and was used as the site of the University of St. Thomas. Mm. In 1879, the school moved to Clontarf, where Franciscan teachers instructed white and Native American boys in agriculture and industrial arts. Funding for such institutions was later cut, and the school was sold to the federal government in 1897. Hmm. So I take it there's no relationship between the Catholic Industrial School and then what later became known as the University of St. Thomas. But the Catholic Industrial School was on Lake Meneth. Then it moved to Clontarf, whatever the hell that is. Where's Lake Meneth? The lake was drained, and that became site of the University of St. Thomas. Oh, the lake was drained. That's why I'm not yeah. familiar with Lake Meneth. Clontarf, Joe, is a railroad town in Swift County. I'll be damned. Established by Bishop John Ireland of St. Paul in 1877 as a Catholic colony on the prairie. Scott, Sherburn, Sibley, St. Louis, Stern, Steele, Stevens, and Swift are your... S counties. Okay. Meneth sounds like a word. You're trying to say something else. You're a Meneth to society. Right. You're a Meneth. Yes. Yes. Ethel Thayer. And finally, on this day, (laughs) in 1920, William E. Colby was born in St. Paul. He served as director of the Central Intelligence Agency from 1973 to 1976 under Presidents Nixon and Gerald Ford. I wonder if my old man knew him. They would have been about the same age. William E. Colby. He was fond of cheese. (laughs) William E. Colby was born in St. Paul, director of the Central Intelligence Agency. Yikes. I apologize for that. I must share one. And you didn't use your mental edit. No, I didn't. That wasn't just... It was was silly. I discovered one this morning based upon a question from my son on this day in 1983... What happened at the Metrodome? Oh, another uh, snow collapse? Tony Dorsett recorded the longest touchdown in NFL history. Really? 99 oh. and a half yards against the Vikings. I have a football question as long as you brought that up. Sure. Is is the NFL heading towards eliminating the kickoff? They're trying desperately, yes. Because no one returns the ball anymore. It's very rare. You're right. Is that by design? Yeah, they're trying to eliminate injuries, They they say. Because the hits on kickoff returns are so violent, yeah. But well, what what determines what? I suppose a player will still return a kickoff if he can capture the ball in front of the end zone. 
Right. They're not going to go back yes. into the end zone and get one. But well, some, there's two or three guys that will actually. Yeah. I mean, if you watch on a, yeah. a somewhat weekly basis, there's yeah. guys who insist on doing it basically. But quick back to the Dorset play. The best part about the 99 and a half yard run against the Vikings, the Cowboys only had 10 players on the field. Yeah. Whoops. And he still ran it for Match nine and a half yards. Wow. Was that a playoff game? I would assume, right? If it was January fourth. I I remember him running, but I don't remember what the either that or it was the, game was the last game. But I would think if it was January fourth in eighty three, the season was done before January fourth in nineteen eighty three. Then there yeah. you go. Was that less yeah. or was that Bud coming back in eighty three? That would have been Bud's last year. right? I don't know. I don't. There was a mix up. There was a because less was eighty four and Bud came back in eighty five. I don't know. And then Jerry took over. Yeah. Is that going to do her? I think so. I just had a simple question. I don't know why it became a coaching litany. What else do you want to know? Bud Grant, 67 to 83. Steckel, 84. Bud back in 85. There you go. Wow. Four Super Bowl Kevin O'Connell, 2022 to question mark. How about you two what? on Garage Logic? Well, what I usually do is I go and subscribe to Garage Logic because you can do it for free, and you only have to do it once, and then you are a subscriber. Uh, that's free. Garage Logic Town Council is not free, but almost ten bucks a month or a hundred dollars for the entire year, and you're entertained. And this way, until... if you're a town council member, you can rip us in real time. Yeah. If you are angry about hey, something Rook, you heard on the show, shut up, <laughs> shut up. And it's usually Kenny that texts me. Or, uh, Sends me an email to the council. You can do it at garagelogic.com, chum. It is time once again that we check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again here in Garage Logic, and now's the time for you to do the same. So do not delay. Do exactly what I did and pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh, and he is there for you. For that free, yes, I did say free, 48-minute financial consultation, and he's on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And boy, Josh, one of your favorite stocks just got hammered, didn't it? Oh, my goodness. My favorite stock, which I've talked about on this program for as long as I've been on this program, and I've talked about the stock continually since 2004. It is my favorite stock, my favorite company. I'm not going to say it can do no wrong because in the time that I've held this stock, it has retreated numerous times between 35 and 50% on Concerns about iPad sales, iPod sales, iPhone sales, Macintosh sales, concerns about regulations, concerns about government interference. And yes, they are all there. And after a pretty strong run, up 48% in 2023. And that was not a straight up move. There was a lot of up and down, including a few 20% pullbacks in this name on similar concerns. And the stock is Apple. Apple's revenues on the pullback. Apple's revenues are not growing. Apple's revenues are not growing. iPhone sales are 
slowing. Services revenue is slowing. Macintosh computer sales are down. I have heard these attacks, and I'll just call them attacks. Some have some validity. Apple sales are slowing. They're not going to be growing. Apple phone sales in particular are not going to be growing at 20% or even 10% on a regular basis or even on an annualized basis. Well, maybe on an annualized basis. There is a point in time where you can say that people who have a smartphone, you've reached, I'll say, not maximum penetration, but you've reached a very high level of penetration of smartphone sales unless you start going, as Apple has, expanding their universe. Apple is now selling phones in India and seeing a a ramp up there. They're having some difficulties in China as Chinese competition picks up, but still the number of phones sold in China and the revenue generated is still moving northward. Bear in mind, Apple has in excess of $2 billion, that's two with a B next to it, users of Apple devices. I would estimate that somewhere around one and a half billion of those have a Apple iPhone. And my guess is that every four or five years, people are going to upgrade their iPhone. And when they do, they're going to continue to buy new products from that. Apple's ecosystem is still very strong. Yet this past week, there have been two downgrades on the stock, citing valuation, citing concerns about iPhone sales and concerns about regulatory issues. Well, geez, they were there a month ago. They were there two months ago. They were there six months ago. And these downgrades, I'm not going to say have come late, but I do question the timing of them more than anything else, particularly as you come into the new year. And as I have said before, coming into this new year after a strong run, and that's not just an Apple, that's across the board. The S&P was up 24.2% last year. I have said previously that after a strong run in the market, expect some selling in the first week, maybe even the first two weeks of January before we start in on earnings. My guess, when Apple does report, there are going to be some surprises on the positive side, and also Apple will continue their conservative guidance. I am still a holder and recommender of the company, but do realize, yep, there are some issues. There always will be, and prepare for volatility. Excellent advice once again, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and never, ever sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again next week. Look forward to it. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.